Welcome to the Five State Revival Podcast. This is Jeff Mann. Our goal is to invest in the move of God that's happening in the five state region of South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. We want to see the bride of Christ in our region come forth in full maturity. And we want to see a million soul harvest happen in our region in the next 10 to 15 years. I'm excited today to continue the interview with Ray Vanderlinden discussing the eight Beatitudes. In our previous podcast episode, uh, Ray and I discussed the first five of the eight Beatitudes mentioned by Jesus in Matthew chapter five. And today in this episode, I'm going to continue the interview and we'll discuss the last three of those eight Beatitudes. So we will continue uh, discussing the Sermon on the Mount lifestyle uh, that was given to us by Jesus. And and again, I, I really feel that this lifestyle that Jesus put forth in the Sermon on the Mount, it's essential for followers of Jesus in every generation, but it is especially relevant for uh, the season we're living in right now, especially as we reproach the return of Jesus at the end of the age. I I remember uh, God just spoken to me many times and just emphasize that the movements of God that that we're wanting him to build through us have to be built upon the eight beatitudes if they're going to produce the kind of fruit that he wants as well as and so that those movements are can produce fruit that remains and when we build our lives you know the end of the sermon on the mount jesus talks about uh those who build on the rock and those who build on the sand and those who build on the rock were those who heard his teachings in the sermon on the mount and put them into practice and although they went through trials and storms in life they were still standing strong in the end and i believe that the move of god we want to see god build in our five-state region, it has to be built on the eight Beatitudes and the teachings, the lifestyle Jesus put forth in the Sermon on the Mount, if it's going to be fruit that remains and produce the kind of fruit Jesus likes. So again, uh, enjoy this interview with Ray. We'll draw, dive straight into uh, the interview right after this message from our sponsor. All right, so I was talking about blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. What does it mean to be pure in heart? And what does it mean that the pure in heart will see God? So th- this one, um, uh, you know, I own my own business. So I, I think of it in the context of my business, but you can think about it in the context of anything. And, and this to me is, is making right choices in the secret place, meaning people don't necessarily see it, um, but you still do it. You're not, you're not willing to manipulate Wow. Uh, or lie just because you're going to get away with it. Um, and, it's, and it's much more than that. It's much more life-giving than that. But it's just like standing right before God when nobody else is looking, doing the right thing when nobody else is looking and understanding that wow. God is still with you and God is still watching. Um, so it's like, for me, it's like in business, it's like I could cheat on my taxes and nobody know, you know, yeah. and I could, I could smudge figures and nobody know. Um, and, but I, I still have to stand before God and like answer for that. Like, I can't, <laughs> you don't yeah. just get, a, you don't just get away with that in the ultimate sense. You know, you might get away with it now and save a few bucks. And, and even, you know, John and Jesus, they tell us like, those are the main things you're going to struggle with is money. You know, you're going to like, yeah, maybe we can get it into, into that at a different time, but. Well, um, even what you're talking about, like when you said what you do in the secret place, I immediately thought of, I went to Matthew six. Mm. in my mind where he's talking about you know when you give when you pray when you fast yeah you, you do it in secret but it really is is that 
I'm not doing that. Um, you know, I guess it just in the secret place, the father sees what's happening in the secret place. Right. Like yeah. I can't, my, the way Mike Bickle words it is like, you can't stand before the man with eyes of fire and manipulate him. You can't. Wow. That's good. <laughs> so, Amen. And so you just look at it from that perspective and you just, you immediately, like you just stop lying <laughs> to yourself, to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, think, and the problem is, is like the is the areas that we think we can get away with that we think nobody's calling me out on it, so it must be okay. And because God's not judging me or punishing me right now or whatever, um, that I must be okay. I must be getting away with it. This must be okay. And it's like the Lord's like, I don't, I don't need my dad. You know, I'm 38 years old. I don't need my dad to come and tell me like, don't put your finger in the light socket. You know. Yeah. And so at some point in our spirituality, like we shouldn't have to say, God, what, do I or do I not? tell this white lie like it's obvious you don't tell the white lie <laughs> yeah you never get away with it ever right you'll never <laughs> get away with it but you should know at this point in your in your walk like that's a no-brainer you know <laughs> yeah yeah when i think of blessed are the pure in heart um the first thing i think of is having a heart of worship is what that's getting at and mm. what i what i mean by the heart of worship is like where the driving motivation for everything I do is, is to please the father is to please mm. God. And so, um, that's, that's having a, a heart that's pure. It's motive motives that are aimed at love the Lord, your God with all your heart. So it's, it's good. it gets to why do I do what I do? Yeah. Um, and when it's like, when my heart is aimed at, because I love you father <laughs> and yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing this podcast today as an offering um, mm. of worship. And it's like, if that is that, that, that pure heart. And when we, when we're doing things with that motivation, um, we really do uh, those who have that pure heart of worship. Like they just want to please the Lord. It's not about their agenda. It's not about their name. It's not about whatever um, self, any selfish ambition. It's, it's this pure desire to like, I want to please the Lord. I want to glorify the Lord. And um, I think when our heart motive is in that place, we really do see more clearly. I think we see uh, we have a better sense of discernment. Mm, and we yeah. also be t and we also truly I, 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 you could and I could substitute instead of they will see God as they will encounter God. That's good. Um, I think those who have a pure heart, they really do actually encounter the Lord more. Because they th that pure the pure eyes of their heart they're they're just able to see things that others are missing. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, no, but I like that perspective. I like in a, in a way it's like you can combine because what I said and what you said they're very different, but at the yeah. end of the day they drill down uh, into each other. If we pursue the Lord like that in our in pure devotion, pure worship, and just um, you know. Uh, we just want him and we just want to do what he wants to do. It drives it down into that spot in our heart where we also think we can get away with things. And then we realize we can't. And so then it's just like the purity just runs all the way from our worship right down to the core of kind of who we are and the decisions that we make. And then we're making like really good decisions. I mean, it, yeah. like that's actually his plan is that we're actually, it's not, we're focusing on like not making bad decisions. It's like we actually start making really good ones. You know, I, I think, too, of, um, you know, just an example of this. So, you know, when my when Autumn and I, my wife and I were first married, uh, got, we went to the Brownsville Revival. 
down in Florida. And then shortly after that, we went to the Toronto revival up in Toronto as well. Our lives were completely changed mm. um, just by the, the, the outpouring, the ministry of the Holy Spirit that was happening. I mean, I just can't imagine what our life would be like without the encounters we've had with the Lord <laughs> yeah. in those places. And, you know, it, but it's interesting. We noticed this there, there would, you could have two people in the same exact service and the Holy spirit's moving. And one person, you know, there were just different ones, you know, some go there because it's like, I'm desperate for God. I just want God. It's like that pure in heart worship longing for him motivation. And they, they see him, they go down there and they see him. And even though there's things that happen that they can't exactly understand what's going on, even could be manifestations, uh, just different things that happen. Um, but then there's other people who would go down there. Um, I mean, I'm talking about people that I knew and they would go down there. Like, I'm going to check it out. There's a lot of people that are going to this church and it's almost like, um, going to, a to learn what are the, their church growth? What are they doing for their strategy that it works can apply <laughs> in my ministry, which is not a blessed are the pure in heart motivation. Right? right. And so they go down there and they say, well, they see a few of the crazy things happening, but they don't, they can't see through that. Yeah. To see the Lord in the midst of it and what he's doing, because they're looking at something, they're looking for something totally different because mm. they don't. And so they ended up not embracing any of it because they're like, ah, oh, I don't want all that junk happening in my right. church. So yeah, and they end up throwing it away and they miss out and they don't see God in the midst of it. And so I, I think about another example. I've, I've observed that. Um, over the years as well. And, and my prayer is like, God, that could be me. So keep my heart pure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Humble and hungry and longing just for, I just want you. What's I want you. I want what pleases you and pure motives. Anyway, different applications of that, I guess, but yeah. That, oh man. And there's so many, and that's what's so important is like, it's not ever just the Beatitudes are never just like one thing. It's like, if I ask the Holy spirit, he's going to show me in all these little areas of my life where I can apply it and it becomes, it, it begins to bring life into or breathe life into uh, the way that I live. So I'm not just Come seeing on. these as like, I'm never going to get an opportunity to do this. It's like, no, you get an opportunity like every minute of every day, if you're looking for it, you know? Yes. And, and, and I love that you said that because what I love about this conversation right now is I feel like this is coming out these attitudes, they're not just like um, an intellectual exercise to think about. These are so practical. Um, yes. I mean, these are so practical the way. And so when we devote ourselves to understanding what they are, and then we devote ourselves to saying, yes, God, I want to cultivate these attitudes in my heart and uproot uh, contrary attitudes that, th that are against them. Um, hmm. When we aim our life at that, it just, it, the applications are just, they go on and on and on. But when we're, when we're aiming at that with our heart, as we go through life and different situations come, it's like, okay, Lord, how do I walk out purity and heart in this situation? How do I walk out merciful in this situation? Um, anyway, it, it, it's so practical. It's, it really is practical. It does. Yeah. It affects the decisions and choices we make in life, which ultimately will determine our judgment seat experience. <laughs> Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's, this is what's so awesome. And it's so tenderhearted about Jesus is he's, he's preparing, he's preparing us for the next age. It's not even about yes. 
So, like, you can read this and be like, oh, this is better no- better life now stuff. Like, this is about me having a better life. Right. And it's like, mm, sort of. <laughs> Eventually. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in the, the whole sermon, he keeps pointing. He's, like, pointing you to something bigger than, like, better life circumstances. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so uh, it's it's so good. But, yeah, it's like it enriches our life, teaches us how to respond, but ultimately shows us this is how the kingdom operates in eternity. Yeah. So, like. Kind of get with it now so that it's not a surprise to you then. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, it, it's interesting because in, in, in some sense, in, in a very real sense, it actually does enrich our life now in a dramatic yes. way. Um, you know, it may not look like that outwardly. I mean, when we get to blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, rejoice and be glad. Great is your reward in heaven. I mean, outwardly, um, it may not seem... Uh, like, man, I have such a great life. Um, everybody's jealous of me, but, but yet if we walk out these attitudes, the, the fellowship, the communion, the depth of communion we enjoy with the Holy spirit is irreplaceable. Um, that's absolutely right. The, the impact, the way we influence other people by just living out these attitudes in real life, irreplaceable, the, the pleasure we bring to God. Like to me, that's like the greatest joy is if I can know, um, he's pleased with me i'm good and yes everybody yes. else everybody else can be mad i'm like whatever but if i know he's like not just pleased but ecstatic about me right now i mean yeah i'm super good so it does have this and that produces a joy and a contentment in me um a boldness and a confidence in me uh that affects me in real life so it does affect us now but man you're right the greatest the greatest uh, manifestation of our reward yeah. will be in the age to come for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so it's, it is, it's, a, I, you know, and, I, and I'm thinking of it too, from that perspective of like, I, I guess probably what I should say is almost like easier life now. Like people want to, I shouldn't say yeah. people, but it's, it's our natural tendency to like push these two. Here's how to live an easier life. Yeah. And the Bible does not call us to an easier life. As a matter of fact, there are things within being a believer that have made my life far more difficult yeah. and in some ways miserable if I didn't have the right response. Yeah. And so it's like, there's times now I never want to be, I never would want to be an unbeliever and live under any of that ever again. But there were times I can remember being an unbeliever and life being easier than it is as a believer. Yeah. And so it's like, we got to kind of ditch the whole easy idea. Oh, if it makes my, my life easier, then I'll do it. It's like, no, this is just actually the way he calls us to live. And like, you just have to submit to it, whether you like it or not. It's not an option. Like Jesus isn't, this isn't the great option. It's, it's, you know, the great commission and it's, this is the way of the kingdom. And so, but for sure, I, I'm on totally on page with you. It, It enriches our life, but in ways that other people would perceive as foolishness. Yes. Well said. I agree. That's really good. Um, man, I, I so Badly, I'm tempted right now to just go off on a tangent talking about living for eternity and the judgment <laughs> seat of Christ. <laughs> I'm going to resist this temptation. I love that subject as well. And they're so connected. They're all one yeah. thing. But anyway, um, we'll go to the next one. So blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, this one is, I love this one as well. Um, for they will be called sons of God. So talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, so this is the one in my family dynamic. I, I We talk about this one probably most with the kids and uh, just as, as a, you know, 
as in the family, this is the one that we promote the most. Like, who's going to be the peacemaker? Come on. <laughs> and uh, and we're in a season right now where our kids, like, if we're out of the room for three minutes, they're fighting. Like, I, I ain't going to lie. Like, the peacemaking ministry goes about as far as dad being in the room, you know? Yeah. And then once I leave the room, that all goes out the window. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, so I see it as uh, it's a it's a lot of different things. I mean, we can apply this again in like so many different ways. That's why I really love this one. We can apply it in the family dynamic from brother to brother, from mom to son, from dad to son, from mom to father or husband to wife. And, um, and even in, you know, in ministry context, um, you know, from one believer to the next. And so a peacemaker, uh, the, the best way that I, or the, the way that it resides in my heart and I see it most is like when you see one person, whether family or not, or in the kingdom or whatever, and you see another person and there's conflict between them, you as the peacemaker are resolved in your heart to bring resolution. And <clears throat> that's what the peacemaking ministry at its foundation is. Now, how the Holy Spirit inspires that and, and operates in that and works in that. That's the supernatural power of like helping people love their enemies and helping people bless their enemies and things like that. But you see yourself because you're salt and light, because you're walking in the Beatitudes yes. as somebody who actually can bring peace into situations that nobody else sees peace in or a possibility for peace. Mm -hmm. And so you might go to the one person and you're, and you know, they're talking bad about the guy. I mean, I'm just making up an instance. They're talking bad about the other guy. Yeah, he does this. He does that. And a lot of times it's just in our human nature to be like, yeah, you're right. That guy is like that. He's a jerk and he is selfish and he's all these, you know, five different things we can think of, you know, and yeah. that, that actually just lets the momentum of the negative emotion go through his lips into my lips and into the next person's lips. It, yes. it accomplishes nothing. Right. And so it actually destroys the kingdom from the inside. So this peacemaking ministry is like this huge ministry and we, we can't think of it as like, Turkey and ISIS and Syria, they're out of control and somebody needs to make peace. So somebody's got to be a peacemaker. So I guess America is going to be a peacemaker in this, right? Right. Like that's kind of where our mind goes in a weird way. <laughs> but it, really, it's more so about me personally. Like you see conflict and you want to see it resolved and you're willing to put yourself on the line for it. Like a lot of times in peacemaking ministry, you end up being the one that's hated and they'll both end up yeah, hating. Yeah. You, you know, it can be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dangerous place which you know? which is why the the next beatitude comes <laughs> yeah, absolutely and anyway so yes and well and so even with my kids so i got a i got an eight-year-old and i got a five-year-old and they love each other they do things together they have fun with each other but they'll fight over the dumbest stuff sure and so i could be the dad that's just like hey you two need to get over it figure it out you know which that's pretty much not helpful because an eight-year-old and a five-year-old don't have the capacity to like problem solve in that way yet uh or at least like you know we're training them up to do that we're you know we're, we're teaching them every time we make the right choices and the right uh or we respond right as parents we're teaching them but you feel like man i've done this like 500 times now like when is going to be the time where they do it you know yes and you just keep sticking with it stick with it but if a father, and this is what the father does, and this is what we do as fathers or mothers, is we get between them and we say, what is the problem? You know, and they'll describe it, and which is typically that's not really ever the problem. 
The problem is a problem in the heart, not a problem like he sure. hit me with a spoon, you know, and so I could I could turn to the other one and start doing, you know, why'd you hit him with a spoon? Because he did that, you know, and I'm getting these shallow answers, right? Right. Or I could be like, okay, what hurt your heart in this situation and what can we do to resolve that conflict in your heart? You know, and so the peacemaking ministry is a beautiful ministry because it drives down deep into the hurt person and helps them to see what it is that's actually getting them to act that way. Mm. And it and it does the same thing for the other person. That's so and good. So uh, we took one of our kids. He was out of control the other day and he just couldn't get it resolved. Like he was fighting with his brother and then he suffered a consequence for it and he kept crying and crying and Finally, the Lord like gave me the strategies, like set him down in the middle of the room and everybody speak a virtue over him. So we sat, I sat him down and I said, Rafa, who's my oldest son, I said, tell me two things you think are awesome about Luca. And he just tells him right away. Oh, he brings so much joy and energy into the room. And I just love having him around, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, he's cracking a smile. Wow. Mom, what do you think of Luca? And, and she'll, she names two things. And then, you know, my two-year-old, he might have named something, but it probably was about Mickey Mouse. I don't know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, and then, uh, and then I had two things, and so it's all of a sudden now, like truth is being spoken to that person's heart. Peace is rising up in them. They're seeing the truth about who they are, and the conflict ends up getting resolved. Yeah, and it's in an indirect way, but it's in the way of the kingdom. Is that a, you know? I, I know that it. was kind of long, but man, that is like it's so good that the Holy spirit offers this to us and we could participate in it. Yeah. See it in practical ways and apply it to our families and see the fruit of it like immediately. Well, and I think the ultimate is, uh, actually this is when I pray even for our nation right now, I feel like I, I I've gone into intercession over this before. Like God raise up the anointed peacemakers, even mm. in our culture. And I, I think, because, you know, you see, you mentioned earlier, uh, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican, whatever it is. And there's just like throwing swords back and forth. And there are legitimate injustices that are happening, but there's a difference. Um, you, you know, that being a peacemaker is not the same as being a peacekeeper. So yeah. it's not just like, Hey, I'm going to compromise just so nobody's mad at me. Um, right. Or everybody likes me. Cause that doesn't, that goes against blessed are those who hunger after righteousness. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think of a peacemaker. I think of Martin Luther King Jr. And I think of a guy who he, he didn't just go out there and say, um, Hey, you know what? It's okay. It's, there's nothing wrong here. Everything's fine. Don't worry. You know, it, uh, all the, the minorities who have been uh, oppressed and who have been mistreated. He's not going around just saying it's no big deal. Right. Just, just don't worry about it. He's saying, no, this is I mean, he he acknowledged like there has been a wrong and injustice that's been that's happening. But are we and, and we're going to speak out against the injustice. But the spirit that we're going to do it in is actually going to be uh, well, Sermon on the Mount, turning the other cheek. That's an expression of <laughs> being a peacemaker. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, turning the other cheek and, you know, they would march and they do things. But I just think of a guy who the Lord raised up at a time when our country was, could have exploded. And uh, because of the tension that was happening, but God raised up an anointed peacemaker who was able to speak to the injustice, but do it in such a way that actually rather than calling people to get angry and fight back fire with fire, 
right. um, he called them, uh, he mobilized them in a, in a way that produced peace and actually brought true breakthrough because there's more that's needed, but there were some breakthroughs that happened. <clears throat> right. That's so good. That's a good prayer. I mean, honestly, and that, and that is what we need, like in this hour, like in the Psalm two hour, like we need people in the body of Christ to rise up and start seeing the, what the agenda the, the Lord has yes. for humanity. And, and we really have to, we, we have to drop every opinion that we bring to the table about politics yes. and the amendments and all these different things. These are, these are just things that the enemy uses to get us riled up and off track. And so it's like, we've got to come and be like, Lord, I lay all of that down at your feet. Yeah. And I'm going to, I want to be raised up in these A Beatitudes and I want to learn how to be an active member of uh, of the kingdom and a citizen of the kingdom and walk in salt and light. Amen. That's good. So we'll go to, and I just got, uh, I probably got like two to three minutes left uh, okay. to do, to do this last one. And I know it's a big one, but it's uh, blessed are those who are persecuted uh, for righteousness because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So if you can give us like a, a one minute uh, thing on this, like just d- talking about that. Yeah. So I, I think that it's just, again, the natural flow of, of the sermon. And Jesus is just saying, when you embrace these seven things and you start doing them, your friends are going to notice a difference. Your family is going to notice a difference. And and some of them may like it. And there's definitely going to be people <laughs> that don't because it challenges their mindset. And in challenging their mindset, they're going to say things about you that you don't appreciate. But don't rise up and defend yourself. And he's going to he's going to later go into in the sermon, talk about uh, defending yourself and to like allowing criticisms and and things like that and insults to let to let that go and to love that person. And so this is an exhortation to, hey, like you're going to walk in these seven things. They're going to liberate your heart, but don't expect everybody to be on board with it. Yes. Amen. And, you know, I I think, too, ultimately, uh, I apply this in my life to not only persecution, but just mistreatment of any kind. Mm. Like how, yes. how do I respond to mistreatment, persecution, to whatever degree it's happening to me? And there's a way that I can respond that fuels bitterness in me and will choke my fellowship with the spirit. Um, yes. And it will minimize my impact on others. Um, and and uh, it, it, will, it will take joy and all the fruit of the spirit out of me. But there's another way that I can respond that ultimately I remember, you know what? Like this person's not in control of my life. God has the final word of mm. what happens in my life. He's in control. And uh, I'm going to bless my enemies. I'm going to pray for those who persecute me. And if I'll respond in a right way that Jesus describes here with this attitude, um, in the end, I will end up more blessed. That's and, right. Um, and so just remembering that and what that does is that attitude, it produces faith in me. It enables, it liberates my heart to be able to forgive and to feel peace and joy, even in the midst of stuff that's not good you know <laughs> absolutely that's, that's real so anyway i wish we had more time to talk on that but our time's running out on this one so i'll just end it there we got through the eight beatitudes honestly i could talk to you for probably another couple hours on those i enjoyed that so much <laughs> <laughs> that's all the time that we have for this podcast episode 
But I encourage you to tune in to our next podcast where I will continue my conversation uh, about the Sermon on the Mount with Ray Vanderlinden. I've really been enjoying talking about this with him. He's just such a great guy. And I love this subject of the Sermon on the Mount. So I hope you're enjoying it as well. If you do enjoy this podcast, I want to ask you to do me a favor. If you could subscribe to it and then leave a positive review and then share it with another person. If you know some people, maybe share it even on your Facebook page, share this episode on your Facebook page and encourage others to listen that you think would be built up by it. You know, our goal is to build up the body of Christ and equip people uh, to be awesome at uh, walking with Jesus and and just making disciples of Jesus. We want to see a revival break forth in our five-state region. I also encourage you to check out my YouTube channel. It's the five-state revival YouTube channel, the number five-state revival. We also have a five-state revival uh, Facebook page that you can like. And so I encourage you to do those things and then check back in with us next time for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening in. God bless you.